You're listening to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9 a.m., you can hear what the Bible says about past, current, and future events. Learn how to study the Bible more effectively, get to know who God is, why we're here, and where we're going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, David, or you can refer to me as Leo, because we have David Maxwell, or you can call him Max, joining us from Launceston for a series, The Significant Sevens of Revelation. Welcome, David, or Max. Welcome, Max. Hey, Leo, how are you going? I'm well, I'm well, and how are you doing? I'm well, thanks. Good to have you back. Oh, thank you. It's good to good to talk to you again on the radio. Mm. And uh, each week in the intro to your programs, you've been sharing something significant with our listeners. So what do you have for us today? Yeah, what I have today, but I've been sharing my significant verses, passages in the Bible that I really like and how they've helped me uh, over the years. And last week I shared John three fourteen to 16. People know John three sixteen really well, but those surrounding verses have been really significant for me as well. But this week I would like to look at 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13. Now, when I read it, some people will remember this, but I find it really, really helpful. So let me read it. I'm reading from the New King James, mm-hmm. and it says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, this has been a great, a great comfort to me. You know, I love it because it just has so much promise. You know, me personally, I I, I have gain such an insight from these verses and and a real encouragement because it's helped me when I'm experiencing difficulties Mm. and I can take courage. I have taken courage in it that if I put my life in God's hands every day, then whatever I experience, I know has passed by God's approval before it gets to me. And, and, And that is really, really helpful so if if I'm going through some kind of event and I and I gave my life to Jesus that morning, either, well, I know that when I'm because I'm experiencing whatever it is I'm experiencing, God knows that either I can cope with it with His strength, or He's going to provide a way of escape when it gets too much. Mm. So that way I don't mm. fall into the sin of despair or or doubt, you know. And so I feel. This is a really, really important passage as a good lead-in for today's program for the seven trumpets. That's what today is called. Yes. Uh, because it's speaking also today about God's actions throughout history, which we'll see shortly. But but really, for me, as I, as I look at this particular passage, when I've had challenges in my life, it's really given me hope to know that, hey, God's in overall control here because... I I connected with him this morning and I asked him to lead and guide me. Now, if we don't do that, if we don't connect with God in the morning and terrible things are happening, struggles, um, challenges, well, well, that's just life. You know, Satan is, is, has got free reign in, in the way he treats us because we, we're not asking God to control things. Mm. But when we ask God to control things, this verse is a, as an amazing promise for each one of us. Amen. It's interesting you say this. I um, yesterday in the program we we're trying to encourage the importance of devotions at home, 
and, and, and you're encouraging as well, you know. It, and uh, Jason made this yeah, point yeah. that was what you what you're just saying is when you connect with God, there's a sense of immunity that you go through during the day because yeah. you've connected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And, and it doesn't mean we're immune from everything. No. But what comes our way has passed by God for approval first. Wow. <laughs> and wow. you think, ah, oh, God knows I can cope. Or he wants to grow me in some way, and when it gets too much, he's going to help. Mm. Yeah. And that's fascinating. Yeah. So that promise of providing a way of escape, yes. it's right there, isn't it? It's right there. Yeah. yeah. Wow. We need to promote an event today. Oh, yes. Well, we need to promote an event that's happening on Sunday for us. In and Launceston? Our, yeah, in Launceston. Now, for our listeners in Hobart, I believe uh, Dr. Sue Rad is speaking down there. Is that correct? Correct. Tomorrow. Right. Fantastic. Yep. So we've got... Um... Oh, I will. I will play the promo so our listeners can um, tune in. This woman is of high, high standard. This is no joke. Highly recommended. Yeah. Yes. So, um, but for any of the, um, if you want to listen to any of Max's previous episodes, you can go into the Faith FM app. You can and you can listen to it there, or you can go to the Faith FM website. And also, stay mm. tuned for our free book offer later on. Uh, you can text through. Uh, for the code that we'll provide later on. And if you just want to send us a message, any prayer requests, any feedback you have, then 0488880891. But anyone that uh, you can think of that needs to needs to go to see Dr. Rad, she's going to talk about uh, uh, a significant subject, but I'll let the promo do the talking. Mm. Let's do that now. Diabetes. Is it inevitable? If you or a loved one has diabetes, prediabetes or insulin resistance, you can learn how to help reverse it or reduce the likelihood of disease progression. Learn about the healthiest eating patterns to prevent and better manage diabetes. There are options and it's not a case of one size fits all. Don't miss this event, presented by Dr. Sue Rad, an advanced accredited practicing dietitian. Her recent book, Food as Medicine, Cooking for Your Best Health, received the Gormand World Cookbook Award for the best health and nutrition book in the world. Coming to Hobart, Launceston and Devonport in October. So what you'll need to do if you're interested, and you know some people that would be interested, Text through this code, diabetes23, and the 23s in numerical. Uh, so if you can um, type a text to 0488880891, diabetes23, all the information will be sent to you and what you need to do to be able to register for this amazing event that's coming up this weekend. So, Max, mm. significant sevens of revelation. Where are we going yes. with this? Yes, yeah, so last year, uh, sorry, the last two weeks, we've been looking at the significant sevens in, in Revelation. First week, we looked at the seven churches with the letters that were written to them uh, to, from Jesus via John, as in the beloved John, the disciple John, mm. or the apostle, the apostle John. And last week, we looked at the seven seals mentioned in Revelation 6 and 8, and it showed the passage of the gospel down through history leading up to Christ's return. Today, what we're going to look at is something called the seven trumpets. Now, many people have been confused by the trumpets, when they happen, how they happen, why they happen. 
And the Seven Trumpets looks again at, at, at actions throughout history, but this time God's actions in relation to people who are supposed to be following him down through history. Mm. And he tries to save as many as possible. And, and we'll look at how these trumpets apply to us today after we've looked at what they actually mean. But before the break, perhaps our listeners would like to text in their answer to a question. And the question today is, have you ever heard a trumpet played indoors? Mm. How did it impact you? Now, that's an interesting question. The indoors part is important because I've, I've heard trumpets played uh, the, the last post as I've, um, mm. I've done Anzac Day memorials. But when you hear a trumpet played indoors, wow, it's loud. We were at Halkwa, uh, a camp, an Adventist camp in Victoria um, some years ago. And while we were there, the Adventist brass band came now if you haven't heard the adventist brass band go and speak to your adventist pastor and ask him to arrange for the adventist brass band to come to your area because they are fabulous and as they play they they were indoors and and as they played the noise was just i should say the sound they Mm, play very mm. very well but it was loud they didn't need any microphones (laughs) Uh, it was in a fairly large room but it was still really really powerful Today we're going to look at how Jesus interacts with his own people uh, and to, we'll, we'll do this to ensure that, that God's people, us, um, people down through time, have, have been seen to put their faith in him because of some of these struggles and he can save all who are willing but only, but only if we respond, right. which is very, very important and that's why this is important to you and I. So... The listener question again today. Have you ever heard a trumpet played indoors? How did it impact you? You can Perfect. Yeah. Text us your answer. I'm trying to remember if I have David. I'm trying to think yeah. it's usually outdoors. But the yeah, number usually. the number you want to text that answer to is zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We'd love to hear from you. Have you heard a trumpet played indoors and how did that impact you? Well, our first song coming up, it's called It's Time to Get Ready, and it's by Malvinas Penland. It's time to get ready. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it seems a feel so well, we'll keep on going on, and I can get so my home remind me Lord that there is more than just the things I see to fix my eyes on Jesus and follow faithfully it's time to get ready today is all that we have we can see the signs are happening as the Bible says, so don't get caught unaware. Now is the time to prepare. God is calling me and calling you to live for Him today, to put aside distractions and the things that lead. 
Diabetes, is it inevitable? If you or a loved one has diabetes, pre-diabetes or insulin resistance, you can learn how to help reverse it or reduce the likelihood of disease progression. Learn about the healthiest eating patterns to prevent and better manage diabetes. There are options and it's not a case of one size fits all. Don't miss this event presented by Dr. Sue Rad an advanced accredited practicing dietitian. Her recent book, Food as Medicine, Cooking for Your Best Health, received the Gormand World Cookbook Award for the best health and nutrition book in the world. Coming to Hobart, Launceston and Devonport in October. You're listening to Taz Encounters on Faith FM now. If you're in Tasmania and you want to go to one of those meetings for, uh, with Sue Red, then you need to text Diabetes 23 D-I-A-B-E-T-E-S and the alphanumeric 23. And so one word, Diabetes 23, you text that through and you'll get the information you need or send you to a link. And at the very bottom of that, uh, that page that you go to, you'll see a registration button. So that's what you need to click onto to go and get some important information. So shout out to David Edgar, who says morning to, uh, to both of us, Max, and says, how's your raspy voice? Max, it sounds, it sounds all right to me. And mm, uh, mm. so, yeah, uh, shout out to you, David Edgar, the third David in our, 
in our show. Yeah, there you go. So, significant sevens. We're talking about the seven trumpets. Is that yes? And um, where where do, where do we go from from here? Where do we go from yeah. here? Yeah, I mean, this, Look, this just, is sounding interesting. It is. Look, just before we get started, I'm going to mention again uh, about Surad in in Launceston. Yes. If for some reason you can't get that registration up, it's a really, really small link, bunch of words, uh, button down at the bottom of the page that, that this connection takes you to. So make sure you click on that. It's, I think it says something like continue to the main page. You click on that and the registration sheet will come up. They had a lot of problems setting that up this oh, year for some reason. So. Please just take that into account. Um, but even if you can't do that, please come along to the Grand Chancellor Hotel in Launceston, 29 Cameron Street at 4 p.m. on Sunday, this Sunday. Don't come next Sunday. You'll miss it. Just come this Sunday. <laughs> All right? So yeah, uh, we're really looking forward to uh, having her here. So back to the program for today. We have a lot to cover, so I'm going to jump right into it. Go for it. it. So, um, what we looked at last week were the seven seals representing the progression of the gospel down through history. What we have to remember with Revelation is that it's not a sequential list of historical mm. stories that happen mm. in order. I'm going to say that again. Revelation is not Revelation is not a sequential list of historical stories that happen in order. Rather, it's a sequential list of visions that John sees and he writes them down. Write what you see, John is told, and then he gets shown a vision. He writes the vision. He sees another one, writes that vision, sees another one, writes that vision. So it's a sequential list of visions. In application, often these visions apply to different things happening at different to different characters or different scenarios in different places at different times. So we have to piece this puzzle together to be able to understand everything the Bible is telling us through the book of Revelation. So as we looked at the gospel progression with the seals, today we're going to see how God acts down through time, starting with the prelude to the trumpets at the beginning of the chapter, and we'll see how the seals and trumpets parallel each other in some way. So one shows the gospel progression and the other shows God's actions. But first I'd like to pray uh, because this is, a, this is a topic we need God's revelation. Amen. So let me pray for our listeners before we start. Father, we want to thank you that we can open your word, that we actually have it today and we can open your word mm. and we can read what you have to say to us uh, from the the, uh, the angel that was given the directions directly from you and given to John. He wrote them down and we have them today. Lord, open your word to us. Help us to understand what we read in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I would like, if you could, read our passage today, and it's Revelation 8, verse 2. When you've read it, I'll tell you why we're starting at verse 2. Um, Revelation 8, verse 2 to verse 6 in the New Living Translation. Thanks, okay. Jason. Um, Leo, Leo. Leo. Of course, Leo. Sorry. <laughs> no I saw the seven angels who stood before God, and they were given seven trumpets. Then another angel with a gold incense burner came and stood at the altar. And a great amount of incense was given to him to mix with the prayers of God's people as an offering on the gold altar before the throne. The smoke of the incense, mixed with the prayers of God's holy people, ascended up to God from the altar where the angel had poured them out. Then the angel filled the incense burner with fire from the altar and threw it down upon the earth. And thunder crashed, lightning flashed, and there was a terrible earthquake. 
Then the seven angels with the seven trumpets prepared to blow their mighty blasts. Mm, wow. Thanks. Thanks, Leo. So why did we start at verse two? Hmm. If you'll remember that the, 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 both the Hebrew and the Greek, as they are written, they are not written with paragraphs and um, chapter and verse delineations in the originals. That was added by the translators, and sometimes where they put the break isn't as intuitive as it should be. It, it breaks up a thought. So as we said last week, if you remember, we were looking at the seven seals, weren't we? Yeah. And in chapter 8, verse 1, it says, when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. That is where chapter 7 should finish because it finishes the thought, the vision on the seals. Then in chapter 8, verse 2, he sees another vision. And I saw, he says, the seven angels who stand before God. And they were, to, to them were given seven trumpets. So now we're not talking about seals anymore. We're talking about trumpets. And even my Bible, which is a really good study Bible, has the break at the end of um, chapter 7, verse 17. And it's titled Seven Seals Prelude to the Trumpets. And it's not actually a prelude to the trumpets, as we'll see as we look at it today. Hmm. So... Okay. I don't know if those who are listening here today remembers the the uh, very impactful movie Stanley Kubrick's uh, or Kubrick, sorry, uh, two thousand and one: A Space Odyssey. Do you remember that? I do. You do? Yeah. Yes, I remember it. Do you remember um, the the rolling kettle drums or the intro to the dramatic philharmonic introduction music. Oh, I'm, I'm mixing it with others. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. If, if you've heard it, it will come to your mind straight away. It's very impactful, All right. very impactful. It's being called one of the best philharmonic or most memorable philharmonic um, renditions uh, that they've ever made for, for a movie. Mm. And included in this dramatic musical introduction, trumpets were used to infer that something incredibly moving was about to take place. Yeah. So too throughout the Bible, whenever trumpets are used, it's a prelude to some action that's about to take place. Usually God is about to act. But we'll come back to that a little bit later on. Yeah. So in Revelation, as, we, as these particular trumpets were about to sound, heralding um, some really dramatic events. There are a number of things that happen first. Mm -hmm. Firstly, as the seven trumpets are handed to the seven angels standing before the throne of God, another angel comes and stands at the altar before the throne with a golden censer. He's given incense to offer together with the prayers of the saints. In the other places of Revelation that mention an altar, as we saw last week, was during the, the fifth seal and that showed many who've been persecuted and killed for for god's truth um and on opening the fifth seal there was this symbolic imagery of those who had already been persecuted and killed okay so it wasn't say they were being killed it was saying they were already killed they were mm -hmm. under the altar if you like mm -hmm. and they were asking it was symbolically asking how much longer do they have to wait before god will avenge them now in in uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 10, it, it has some information that shows us that we know, we know when we look at this, that it's definitely symbolic because in Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 10, it says that when we die, there's no work, 
or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave. Now, if that's the case, then it means that those who've died already for persecution's sake or for any other reason, they have no idea that so long a time has passed. And so it's uh, clearly symbolic that the faithful are asking God for intervention because of that persecution. So those who are living are asking, but, but the evidence is there. We haven't got time to dig into that any further. So here at the altar, before the trumpets, God receives the prayers of the saints and then acts through the angel who casts down the fire to the earth. And it results in noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. And you notice there's no hail. Okay, that is significant because in other places it mentions earthquake, there's a hail. But here there's no hail. It's noises, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. Now, it would appear that these things are a direct result of the prayers. So when I see that the prayers of the saints referred to in the fifth seal opening is a question about the delaying God dealing with sin, so too I see here that God is about to take action to deal with sin. In Matthew 27, 51 to 54, there are a number of impressive signs accompanying Jesus' death. Both Matthew, Mark, and Luke record that in the three hours leading up to Christ's death on the cross, the sky becomes dark. That's right. Now, now, although not directly mentioned, it's not hard to imagine that this this climatic darkness also includes thunder and lightning mm. uh, because people are terrified by the darkness. As Jesus dies, the temple veil between the, the holy and the most holy place is torn in two. This is a, a six-inch bunch of a curtains and it is torn like a hand grabs it at the top and tears it from top to bottom not from bottom to top yeah that's quite amazing and there's this earthquake the rocks split graves are open and it's such an impressive event that a hardened roman centurion who was standing there watching it all is forced to admit that this man is who he said he was the son of god hmm so you're implying that the philharmonic trumpets of revelation is leading up to Jesus' death on the cross. It's actually, I believe, the events appear to match that that this uh, in this prelude to the seven trumpets, Jesus dies on the cross. So the trumpets haven't been blown, but they are going to be blown after his death. Wow! Well, I can't wait to come from, back from break to get more into this. This is we're digging wow. into something really interesting now. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. Well, don't forget we've got the question. Listen, the question: Have you ever heard a trumpet played indoors? How did it impact you? Also, we've got a free book offer coming up, so stay tuned. It's called He Comes, Why, When, and How Jesus Christ Will Return by Randa Bruinsma. So stay in, stay in uh, tune. We've got the text uh, text through your answers for the listener question and also the code to 0488-880-891. And the song we're going to play now, it's an acapella. It's called Jesus is Coming Soon by the Vocal Union. Troublesome times, Troublesome times are here Filling men's hearts with, with fear Freedom we, Freedom we all hold dear Now is at stake Humbling your Humbling hearts, your hearts to, to God Satan the chastening rock Seek the way pilgrims trod Christians awake My Jesus is coming soon Morning or night or noon Trumpets will, Trumpets sound, will surely sound, and all of the dead shall rise. Righteous meet, Righteous meet in the skies, and go and where no one dies, there 
heavenward bound. Well, troubles will soon be or happy forevermore when we meet on that shore, free from all care. Rising up in the sky, telling this world goodbye. Homeward we then will fly, glory to share. Coming soon, morning or night or noon, and many will meet there. Doom trumpets will sound, and all of the dead shall rise. Righteous meet in the skies, and when no one dies, heavenward bound. My Jesus is a coming program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tez Encounters of Faith FM with David Maxwell and myself on a series of significant sevens of revelation. It's getting interesting. We just talked about the, the, the trumpets leading up to the death of Jesus. So uh, that was just before the break. So I'm really looking forward to you unpacking this, David. You go ahead. Righto. No worries. Thank you, Leo. So it's... it's uh... It's a really important part in that the the, the 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 trumpets. So, in the prelude to the seven trumpets, we have Jesus dying on the cross, and there's that climatic events of of um, you know the, the 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 thunder, the lightning, the earthquake, the uh, the graves opening, and and when Jesus is resurrected later. In a few days, those who some of those who have died believing in Jesus are resurrected. We're not told who they are. So, what happens then in Numbers uh, ten eight to ten? We read that the blowing of the trumpets were to be a lasting ordinance forever. It says of the action that was about to happen, or rather, God's deliverance that's foretold through the blowing of them. As Ranko Stefanovic comments in his uh, commentary on Revelation, he says, in both Old and New Testaments, the blowing of trumpets symbolizes the intervention of God in history. Hmm. So as these trumpets are blown, God acts. And we see that very clearly in the text as we read through the blowing of the trumpets. 
The first four trumpets seem to roughly match the timing of the first four seals. So the seals remember as the gospel goes forward in history. God's actions against the rejectors of the gospel happens through these first four seals. The first trumpet, as it sounds, hail and fire mingle with blood are thrown to the earth and a third of the trees and all the grass is burned up. In many Bible references, trees and grass refer to God's covenant people. And, and in this case, it's, it's Israel. Um, for example, you can go to Ezekiel twenty forty seven, and you can see that reference. And after they reject the Messiah, they're judged and Jerusalem is destroyed in AD 70. Now we can go to history and we can see that. Mm. The second trumpet, as the second trumpet sounds, a great burning mountain is thrown into the sea and it turns the sea to blood and a third of all the creatures and the ships are destroyed. Now this is, this is a really interesting point because it appears that the mountain is a reference to a kingdom. You can it draws me back to Daniel when Daniel's statue of the the gold, the silver, the bronze, the iron, the iron and clay, it's destroyed by something. A stone cut out without hands. And when it hits the statue, it destroys it completely, crushes it to to dust, it's blown away, and the stone becomes a great mountain. So throughout the Bible, there's these references to a mountain being a kingdom. And it would appear that just as uh, the the, um, Jewish nation uh, has been judged for rejecting Jesus, there was another nation that had part to do in Jesus' crucifixion, and that's the Roman nation. And in these references in the Bible, these... these, um, veiled references to Rome, as John is writing, he calls this apostate power Babylon. Now, if he had to put Rome in there, we probably wouldn't have the book today because he was uh, he was in exile because of the Romans. The Romans. Mm. Um, and now if he had a written Roman apostate power and all of this sort of stuff, they probably would have read that and gone, you know what, we're not sending this book anywhere and they would have destroyed it. So he veils the reference to apostate uh, powers, and he calls it Babylon. And these these references to Babylon for Rome uh, are also referred to in Jeremiah 51.25, and Rome falls apart around about AD 476, as both the Jewish nation and the Roman Empire collaborated to destroy Jesus, the first two judgments are against the Jewish people and the Roman people and people referred to as the sea. So I find that really interesting connection there. The third, when the third trumpet sounds, as this happens, a great star falls from heaven, but this time it affects the rivers and the springs, a source of nourishment for people. And this is a clear reference to Satan's fall. Um, and this is referenced in Isaiah 14, 12, Luke 10, 18, when Jesus says, I saw Satan fall like uh, Paul. Sorry? Oh, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, go on. What, what was that you said? The, the, the wormwood. Yeah, the that's wormwood coming. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, he, I saw him fall like lightning from heaven. Or fall like a star, you know. So um, Revelation twelve nine to ten also talks about Satan's fall from mm. heaven, and he's referred to as wormwood or bitterness. And when you think of it as bitterness, yeah. because that's what wormwood means, 
you think, yes, yes, that's what sin and apostasy is. You know, this this uh, attack against God's kingdom is a bitterness against God. Mm. You, know, you find people who are rejecting God, they become very bitter. Oh, so true. with this fall, the spiritual nourishment for people is polluted. And uh, it's interesting, it doesn't say, I watched him fall from heaven. It says, I saw him fallen from heaven so it's talking about not he's falling at that time it's talking about he was fallen from heaven and he pollutes the world with his teachings <clears throat> then and this period seems to cover the dark ages uh, 538 1798 the fourth the fourth trumpet sounds and it introduces darkness and the darkness affects a third of the stars the sun and the moon, and this appears to show a continual period of spiritual darkness that prevails on earth following the dark ages. Now, we might think, hey, but if this was the, the Reformation and light was coming back in. Yes, but with the, um, the Reformation came the anti-Reformation. And this was uh, put forward by, by religious powers who were trying to quash God's truth again. And through this period, Although it covers the post-Dark Ages time, there's still much spiritual darkness. And we have the Age of Enlightenment, the Age of Reason, rationalism, scepticism, humanism, hmm. uh, liberalism. And it all comes to prominence from that time right through the 18th century. Mm. So we have this continual uh, spiritual darkness. And you see it today as well. Absolutely. I was about to so say, the first two, yeah, yeah, that's I was about right. To say the, the tentacles are still here. Yeah, the mm. tentacles are still there. The first two trumpets focus on Jewish and Roman nations who rejected and killed the Messiah, and the third and fourth trumpets focus on apostate Christianity. Mm. And following these four trumpets, um, they parallel the four horsemen that we saw in the seals. Three woes are proclaimed with the final three trumpets, and these tr three trumpets focus on the judgment of the wicked this time who receive the mark of the beast, and it seems to mean if they receive the mark of the beast, they happen at the end of God's patience time called probation. So I've got to rush through these. I've only got a minute and a bit left. <laughs> the fifth trumpet, at the blowing of the fifth trumpet, the fallen star, remember we talked about the fallen star, clearly represents Satan. He's mm. already fallen from heaven. And it appears to be a herald of the release of the spiritual forces that go out and torment those who have the mark of the beast, but not those who are sealed by God. Here, they are represented by the trees and the grass again. Okay, so it's the same as before. Those God's covenant people, although they were unfaithful, were punished originally. But this time, the trees and the grass, the God's faithful people, are not punished. They are kept separate from this punishment. And that's really important because they don't have the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast happens after God's patience ends. Mm. So Revelation 18, 1 to 4 also speaks, if you go and read that passage, it speaks about the state of apostate religion being inhabited by evil spiritual forces. That is really scary, Leo. You know that 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 the, the people who who say they're following God have rejected him yeah. so far that he allows the demonic powers to take to take charge and that's scary you know the sixth trumpet is the second woe just as the sixth seal preempts Christ's return so too the sixth trumpet preempts it 
with a direct judgment on the wicked. And we're going to look at this period in a couple of weeks where we talk about the seven bowls is where they fit in. All right. And we'll look at in detail at why and where, why they happen um, and what they are. Suffice to say here, these actions show that even when rebels know that it's God's actions, they continue in the rebellion. Mm-hmm. And then the third woe, the seventh trumpet, finally in Revelation eleven fifteen, the blowing of the seventh trumpet parallels the events of the seventh seal. Wow. So we've got the lead up to Jesus' death in the previous section. Now this, mm. the woes lead up to the second coming of Jesus. That's it. That's it. You know, I would like to read First Thessalonians 4.16. I'm out of time, and I'll read that just after the break. Ah, awesome. Okay, so before we go into the song, we've got uh, the book offer that we're going to announce the code in our next, uh, after the song, and uh, it's called He Comes. He Comes and by Reindeer Bruinsma, Why, When, and How Jesus Christ Will Return. This faith-affirming book on the second coming from Dr. Reindeer Bruinsma makes a wonderful companion to his book on the resurrection. I have a future. While many books on the second coming focus on the time of trouble, a likely timeline of end-time events, and, and the identity of the persecuting powers, Bruinsma takes a close look at the fundamentals, at the fact that Jesus is coming back for us, at the signs showing us the near, nearness of Christ's return, at the manner of his coming, and how we should be living in the meantime, and what our response to persecution should be when it will inevitably fall on those who choose to keep God's commandments. The code will come after the break, and the song we're going into, it's called He's Always Been Faithful by Chelsea Moon. Morning by morning, I wake up to find the power and comfort of God's hand in mine. Season by season, I watch Him.
You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we're talking with David Maxwell, or Max, on the topic of the seven trumpets. I promised the code to claim our free offer. There's only a few copies to give away, so you want to get in really quick. Uh, the book is called He Comes, Why, When, and How Jesus Christ Will Return by Reinder Brunsma. So for today's free offer, please text Revelation 3, R-E-V-E-L-A-T-I-O-N, and the number 3, all in one word, to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. So Max, before the break you outlined mm. each of the seven trumpets as they foretell God's actions against those who resist them. Mm. So given that most of these point to the past and it's only the last three or the woes to be sounded, why is knowing about these so important? Yeah, that's a great question. Um uh, Leo, I almost said Jason again. Oh, I'm so used to Jason being on as well. <laughs> yeah. So I said I would read a verse as I'm going to read that in a minute as the prelude to the seven trumpets has this great earthquake and and um, all of these events that happen. It parallels well with Jesus death on the cross. And then the trumpets sound down through history. And we've seen that we are living in the time of the uh, the sixth trumpet sound uh, sorry the fifth trumpet sounding and the sixth trumpet is about to sound with all of these uh, cataclysmic things happening um when we see the seventh trumpet it sums up that whole gamut of history and in first thessalonians four sixteen, we see this parallel where it says for the lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of god and the dead in christ shall rise first the trumpet of god now, in in the prelude to this seventh trumpet, we see uh, another earthquake. We see another earthquake. And I'm, whoops, I'm just finding my place in my script here. Um, we, we, what we see is as the, uh, the, the trumpet is sounding, we have lightnings, noises, thunderings, and earthquake, and that reminds us of Christ's death, but this time there's a great hail. And this great hail is extremely destructive. And it announces Jesus coming. Finally something worth looking forward to. Now I'm not going to be affected by the hail if I'm here and I'm connected with Jesus. And that's very, very important. So there are a number of important things that we can learn from reviewing or knowing what happened in the seven trumpets. And and this is why it's important for us to look at all of those trumpets, because when we look at all those trumpets, we see two groups of people with trumpets one and two. We see a group of people who thought they were connected with God, and yet they were missing something, and they missed their own Messiah. We had a group of people who had been hardened to God's mercies, to God's reaching out for them, the Roman nation, and how they were judged as well. And they fell apart. Their kingdom fell apart. Mm. And then we have apostate Christianity in number three and number four trumpets. And we see how that 
even when God is trying to work through his faithful church, there is still resistance. And as we look at all of this, we see that when we resist his leading in good times, God allows trouble to come along. And when the trouble comes along, where do we go for help usually? We go to God, don't we? Mm -hmm. You know, we fall on our knees and we ask for help. And this is why sometimes God allows those things. He doesn't do them, but he allows them. If we continue to resist him, we eventually find ourselves on the wrong side of his judgment like the Jews did. And this happens because as we continue to resist him, we become even harder and harder like Pharaoh did. And like Pharaoh, eventually a time of grace passes and God says, you've had your time now. No more time for change. And we call that the close of probation. That is not too far in the future. And that's something we should really be thinking about today. Mm. If we continue to resist, we eventually feel a full force of the power of God's judgments. And then without any more opportunity to repent, we will accept the mark of the beast. And we like to, th- we like to think today, oh, I won't do that. Yeah. But if we continue to resist God's spirit today, that is going to happen to us later and we'll be separated from God to- forever. Now, this then points to the bowls, and we're going to look at that in two weeks' time. Now we're going to look at something else next week. But it, the seven trumpets show us the extent of God's grace all down through history. Mm. And he's acted against those who continually resist the Holy Spirit. And he still holds out the hand of salvation to any and all who respond. And I think of that Roman centurion. You know, he was in the Roman nation. He was a Rome, a Roman. However, he was, it appears he would be saved. I like to think that he's the centurion that's mentioned in Acts, the one that huh. invites Peter. I, I would like to think it's him, but I don't know. It doesn't say. <coughs> However, here in this, this, this persistence of the Roman Empire, there's a man who recognizes that Jesus was the Son of God. Yeah, amen. So I bring you back to my opening illustration, Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey, just like that opening musical score dramatically announced that something exceptional and and profound was about to happen, so too as these final seven trumpets sound throughout history were constantly being warned of the profound events just about to be unfolded on this Mm. earth in its final scenes. So what are we to do? Well, quite frankly, I I think we should stop resisting the Holy Spirit's promptings in our lives Mm -hmm. today. Today, you should get ready now. Just like that song, the very first song you chose, it talked Mm. about getting ready. And we should get ready now while there's time. And then we should stay connected until the final trumpet sounds and Jesus arrives. The final trumpet. Oh, getting me fired up. I'm I'm going to YouTube that uh, that, uh, Stanley Kubrick's Space Odyssey introduction. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Triggers triggers the memory. But uh, next week, you're looking at the Sevens of Revelation, the Seven Signs. Seven signs, uh, as we discover, seven things that show the wrath of the nations in Revelation's time period. So how how do the nations then respond to these actions by God? And I I have a feeling it's going to build up on uh, the one you did today and last week. So, you know, come back and and hear hear more. Next Wednesday, it will be Jason and Tamika. So tune in for them um, when they uh, come in next Wednesday on our live program. Um, The book, He Comes, we've had a couple of people claim it. Why, When, and How Jesus Will Return by Randy Bruinsma. Revelation 3, 
one word, two zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Or also diabetes twenty three. If you're interested in uh, going to the Su- uh, Red uh, seminar, mm. which is happening all over Hobart in the next couple yeah. in, in the weekend. So and God bless you. May you listen to the trumpets and respond to the Holy Spirit prompting in your life. Oh, this song is called What a Day That Will Be by Chosen. I love this song. I love singing this song. There is coming a day where no heartache shall come No more clouds in the sky No more tears to dim the eyes All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. Save me by his grace And when he takes me by the hand And leads me through his promised land What a day, glorious day that will be There'll be no sorrows there sickness, no more pain, no more parting over there, and forever I will be with the one who died for me, what a day, glorious day that will be. I shall see when I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. And when he takes me by the hand and leads me through his promised land, what a day, glorious day. That will be